It took 40 days and 40 nights, but at long last, the country knows what its new government will look like. New Zealand's first ever three-way coalition, National Act and New Zealand First. Their three leaders finally signing on the dotted line. What we have achieved together, I think, is historic. Kia ora ko Craig McCullagahoe and a te purongo toranga pūmo wiki. Welcome to Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. Call it the ultimate Black Friday deal. Christopher Luxon, David Seymour and Winston Peters, each with their own podium at Parliament, each with their own style. Mr Luxon, corporate and aspirational. Whether you are old or young, regardless of your ethnicity, if you live in central Auckland or the deepest south, our government is going to deliver for you. Mr Seymour, earnest and exacting. While the negotiations have been robust, so has the growth in respect amongst us and the reservoir of trust and belief that will allow us to together work through the challenges our country will no doubt face. And Mr Peters, fractious and mercurial. Please do not be mathematical morons and keep on saying it's 40 days. Don't argue about it, it's not a conference session here. You want to argue with me, you should have been there before the election, maybe I'd have got more votes. All right, all right. Okay. It augurs an unpredictable term ahead. Indeed, asked whether they trusted one another, each had a different response. Absolutely. I trust all ministers in our cabinet, that's how cabinet collective responsibility works and that's how I'll operate. We don't answer stupid questions. We've shaken hands here to be capable of earning trust. Please understand what real life looks like for adults. We've shaken hands on the commitment to make this government work because this country desperately needs it. Make no bones about it. The unique dynamic is acknowledged in the documents with a detailed prescription for the working relationship. It's spelled out here by RNZ's political editor, Jane Patterson. There's going to be a real tug of war over the specific interests of each of these parties. National is to re-establish itself in government and make sure that it is credible and that Chris Luxon is accepted uh, as Prime Minister. New Zealand first um, to again have its presence back in Parliament and to build the movement past this term and act for it to actually start getting some policy gains after being in opposition and for all of them to make sure or try to have a government that lasts beyond this term. But look, within this you've got really strong personalities. When those interests start to uh, divert that is going to be really, really testing. So they have, um, there's quite a lot in the, these agreements about the relationships, um, talking about working together in good faith and cooperation. They will set up a coalition committee um, that will meet at least once per house sitting block. These kind of mechanisms are going to be really important for getting, um, having free air to talk about any niggles, but also jumping on top of disagreements before they burst out into the public, um, which both Winston Peters and David Seymour um, would not hesitate to do if they thought that they needed to um, go public with things that were going wrong in the coalition. So, look, we can only see, um, as I said, they're going to have a busy time in the next couple of months um, just getting this first program in place, and that is when they will start to develop that closer relationship, having to work together every day, having to get this stuff over the line. Um, So we will start to see, I'm sure, very clear signals of how they're going to approach that. Much interest has centred on the Deputy Prime Ministership, symbolic of the power tussle between ACT and New Zealand First, fierce foes through the election campaign. It proved a difficult position to resolve through negotiations, one of the last sticking points to be unstuck. The parties settled on an unorthodox job-share arrangement, with Mr Peters holding the position for the first 18 months and Mr Seymour for the rest. But be careful what you call it. We're not co-deputies. No. Get it right for a start. 
There is one Deputy Prime Minister you? at a point in time. The, the role is shared and broken at the 18-month mark, halfway through the term. No, we're not sharing it either. I'm taking the first 18 months and David's taking the second 18 months. Uh, well, I think all ministerial roles are ceremonial to some extent. <laughs> Depending on your perspective, the arrangement is either a creative solution or a childish sop. Former Cabinet Minister Peter Dunn considers it the former. Well, I'm letting Mr Peters go first. Uh, it provides an opportunity for him to um, not only serve in the role uh, alongside being Foreign Affairs Minister, but also perhaps to gracefully ease out at the uh, 2026 election, by which time he'll be uh, into his 80s. And I think for Mr Seymour, it gives him an opportunity to get his feet under the desk as a, as a minister first and then move into the Deputy Prime Minister role. It's unusual, but it's not unworkable, and I think it's an elegant solution to the problem. And yet that has not stopped it from being an easy target for mockery by the government's opponents. It's good that Christopher Luxon is moving into a round office, uh, given the circles that David Seymour and Winston Peters seem to be running around him, and no doubt will for the next three years. It's interesting that they're proposing to abolish co-governance arrangements when they're putting one in place for the Deputy Prime Ministership. This executive is the second largest in New Zealand's history, 30 people to the 31 in 2017. The 20-person cabinet is made up of 14 national ministers, sent three each from ACT and New Zealand First. Another eight ministers sit outside cabinet, five from national, two from ACT, and one from New Zealand First. Then there's two undersecretaries, one from each minor party. I think it's a very strong team. Notable roles include the Foreign Ministry returning to Winston Peters and David Seymour picking up a new position as Minister for Regulation. As expected and promised, Nicola Willis is the new Minister for Finance. Other hotly contested roles will stick with National 2, Attorney-General with Judith Collins, Agriculture with Todd McClay. Ex-Brooke Van Velden is the new Minister for Workplace Relations, New Zealand First's Shane Jones takes regional development. On election night I said that we'd listened to the public and we'd heard a description of a better New Zealand and that's what we're going to deliver and that's what you've heard I think this morning as well. New Zealanders want change that makes our lives easier. We want change that improves our opportunities. We want change that makes our great country even better. And this coalition government is going to deliver that change. And we will do it through a common sense policy programme that we all share while maintaining the core values that each of us believes in and that New Zealanders would expect us to uphold. And after the mess that Labour has left behind, turning around the country will take time because it is a big job and we have to get it right. But the government, community and businesses will get the job done by working together. We cannot wait to get stuck in. And so regardless of whether you voted for us or not, we all share an interest in living in a safer, stable country that celebrates fairness and wants the best for every New Zealander. We all want to restore the promise of New Zealand, which is simply that if you work hard in the best country on planet Earth, you should be able to get ahead. While the positions in posturing have attracted attention, the documents are full of substantial policy, with all sides making compromises and trade-offs. All three parties have signed up to National's 100-point economic manifesto and its 100-day plan, except where explicitly specified. ACT has won a new department focused on assessing the quality of regulation funded by shutting down the Productivity Commission. It did not win its referendum on the treaty, but it will get to make its case again, with legislation set to go to Select Committee, setting out ACT's policy in the area. The responsibility for persuading our coalition partners and the New Zealand public that that kaupapa should continue to enhance the mana of the treaty for the, by for the first time 
debating democratically what our founding document means in the modern age uh, deserves to continue through later stages and to referendum as a corollary from that. New Zealand first, meanwhile, has secured a $1.2 billion regional infrastructure package and an independent inquiry into the country's COVID-19 response. It's also put a stop to both national and X plans to hike the pension age. That's a conversation that we had with our national and New Zealand first agreement. It's not something we could agree to. In, in an MMP environment, there is compromise, and as a result, we won't be pursuing that in this term. Well, nobody needs to guess what the ACT Party thinks about an issue like that, but also we are committed to a government. Uh, we've made a commitment in Mr Peter's coalition agreement uh, to maintain the status quo for this term of parliament. We went to the wire for our people in the same way that David Seymour did for his. And Mr Luxon did for his as well. And that's the nature of these coalition talks. Perhaps the biggest casualty in the agreement is National's proposal to let foreign buyers back into the housing market. National had planned to tax them in order to fund its tax cuts to the tune of $740 million a year. But New Zealand First would not let it stand. Mr Luxon insists the money can be found elsewhere. We had built buffer into our tax plan. We'd also built buffer into our broader fiscal plan, as we've talked about. Uh, As we've come through the conversations, the policy mix that we have together has also generated additional savings. Again, here's Jane Patterson speaking with RNZ's Catherine Ryan about the policy wins and concessions. I asked Christopher Luxon, how are you going to pay for this? The foreign buyers tax was going to be about $750 million a year that they were relying on. Um, He said that through the course of looking at the policies there were some things um, that had saved the money and then we pointed out that there were also things like uh, the New Zealand First Regional Fund was going to cost money. He said that would come out of capital savings. He also said pretty vaguely uh, that it was going to be through more savings and more prioritisation work but you know look there was a lot of debate over that tax package during the election campaign And that was a big part of it. They had pushed those numbers to the limit. He said that there is a buffer within that tax plan. Um, So they're going to have to really get busy and find more savings, uh, again, to reflect in the mini budget, how they're going to pay for it, while also accommodating all of the concessions made through these agreements. Additional savings, you said, add additional revenue streams without uh, going into any more detail. Is there anything approaching a big bang kind of, uh, spending policy here when we think of that $3 billion um, provincial growth fund that, that uh, New Zealand first got back in 2017, I think. From what you've seen so far, uh, is there any big financial uh, carrot here or is it more policy-based? No, it's more policy-based and again, um, having had the, the documents for uh, less than an hour, um, I think there was about a $1.2, $1.4 billion price tag on that renamed really, it's the provincial growth fund um, for this new New Parliament, but that had a billion dollar a year for three years price tag. This appears to only be given um, the 1.2, or that's been reflected in this agreement as well. But no, look, a lot of the um, a lot of the agreements are as we are expected in terms of those uh, law and order policy changes. Um, there are... Just pause there. Of... Three strikes is back. That's very controversial legislation. Yep. Uh, yep. And revisiting the Sentencing Act, uh, it looks like some of the elements of the Sentencing Act there that may uh, conflict with some of Act's uh, principles um, might, might be in play. 
And also when you look at um, workplace, you know, the 90-day trials back, I think you'll see quite a few changes in tenancy law. Um, David Seymour, I, I saw something about um, in one of the agreements, I'm pretty sure it was ACT, about a 90-day um, right to evict tenants. Um, he said that there would be more flexibility and um, that would include pets. So you can have a pet bond if you're a tenant as well. But again, that's getting into the nitty-gritty. But they um, definitely were talking more about giving landlords more support. Um, Acts, so, um, treaty principles. This was a yeah. key issue. This, this yeah. um, national did not want to end up having, um, a, a, you know, a, an agitated and um, conflict-ridden kind of uh, debate over uh, uh, over a, a commission, a royal commission, in, into this. Now, what's the trade-off been here? The, the um, commission of inquiry goes, but Act, by the sounds of it, will introduce legislation supporting its views on these principles of the treaty, and and, and it sounds like there may have been an agreement for everyone to get it through to select committee stage. That's but, right. But essentially, yeah. that one's been lost. Any other, any anything else? Someone's had to sacrifice that was really seen as being a standout. Well, yeah, but this is you know there are lots of different moves in this space, and and, and the two agreements. There's one in Act called Strengthening Democracy and the other in Winston Peters and New Zealand First called Equal Citizenship and I think this is really, um, these moves are going to cause controversy in terms of the plan. So look, they're backed off a referendum but what that means is that David Seymour takes a bill that all parties have agreed to support to select committee which means it goes to the House for the first reading and then goes um, to a select committee for public consultation. So instead of putting it out to a referendum, that's the point at which the public get to have their say. Now basically National and New Zealand first have said it's up to ACT to convince us that it's a good idea. So they've they've kicked it for touch because they can then drag it out through the select committee process and then make their arguments. Um, on the flip side, it does give them more, um, it A, gives the forum for the debate to be had, which is what David Seymour said was his main purpose during the campaign, and also really to explore some of those arguments. But look, in the New Zealand First uh, Agreement, conduct a comprehensive review of all legislation, except when it's related to or substantive to existing full and final treaty settlements that includes reference to the principles of the treaty, and replace all such references with specific words relating to the relevance and application of the treaty or repeal the references. So that is a retrospective act potentially um, to look at existing legislation. So that is going to be a very interesting one to watch. Very but much also, so. Oh, yep. um, very specific things in that in that thing that really go to the narrative from Act in New Zealand first, remove co-governance from the delivery of public services um, and also issuing very direct instructions to uh, public agencies that all communications and the naming of agencies is to be in English unless other specifically to do with Māori so um, some pretty blunt directives that will be going out to the public service as well so if you look at all of these in a bundle it's not a treaty referendum but they have made um, quite a few gains in terms of the sorts of things that they wanted in these agreements just seen reference here to a constitution enabling a four year term amendment bill through through first reading so that, oh, that would still end up, if it gets to its first reading, uh, gets supported to select committee, that would still end up being the Parliament um, voting. But I would have thought that's a pretty fundamental constitutional issue. With the paperwork signed and the ink dry, the machinery of Parliament can now swing into action. First, the practical step of moving offices, with boxes to be bustled through the building all weekend. By Monday, ministers will be ready to be sworn in. Parliament will then sit on December the 5th. National has already promised a mini-budget before the end of the year, but it will be miniature indeed. The timeline is terribly tight, 
with just three sitting weeks before Christmas. The campaign is over, the negotiating finished, and a deal sealed. Now, the real work begins. That's Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. Thanks for joining me. Matewa.